This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 375 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be talking about not motivated to do anything, and we're going to be giving you tips for finding motivation when you feel stuck. And I am interviewing Dre Baldwin. Dre actually went above and beyond to get onto the podcast, sent me a video that was personalized and connected with me with his story. So not only are we talking about motivation, but we're also going to talk about discipline. And you're going to hear us talk about the fact that we both played basketball in college and how a lot of what we learned when we were athletes, we now apply as entrepreneurs. So you're going to want to make sure that you listen in to this episode. Hi, Dre. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing amazing, Jenny. I'm excited to be here. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I am excited about this conversation where we're going to be talking about when you're not motivated to do anything, how you can actually start to feel unstuck. But before we jump into that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Sure. The two-minute version is uh, my name is Dre Baldwin. Many know me as Dre all day. Uh, former nine-year pro athlete, author of a few books, done a few TED Talks. Uh, come from the city of Philadelphia, now in Miami. Uh, background in sports. Uh, started to get known online by posting just basketball material to uh, YouTube back before it was YouTube. And the ball players, after a few years, just started asking questions about my approach because they saw I was really consistently putting out content before it was ever a normal thing to consistently put we weren't even using the word content at this time, Jenny. So this is how I started to get my name known online. I started talking about things like discipline, you know, showing up every day and the confidence to put yourself yourself in your work out there and mental toughness because I only played one year of high school ball, walked on to play college ball and personal initiatives is how to get started on things. And when I started talking about those mindset things, people who did not play sports started trickling into my audience. And they would say, Dre, I know you made that material for the ball players, but this applies to everybody. So that was the seed in my mind, Jenny, that I knew what I would leverage to segue from the sports world to my after sports life. So when I stopped playing ball in 2015, I really just took those pieces that I was talking about then. I'm sure we're going to dive into more here today. And I really just turned that into what I was doing you no know, full time. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And I'm sure we'll get into you know, all the details of that in this process. Yes. No, absolutely. And I can say so that my audience is aware too. One of the things that often happens, I'll get pitched for people to come onto the podcast all the time. And you went above and beyond um, and reached out and sent me a video. And for those that are my listeners and know that I actually played basketball in college as well. So for yeah. me, I immediately connected to that part of your story and the way that you talked about discipline. Because I think as an athlete, you have discipline in your head and you know what it means and you're used to putting the actions in. And then to turn around and apply it to business for those that are not necessarily any sort of action in sports and had that kind of background, it can be hard to understand what that looks like. So let's start off with what are are often the underlying reasons while people feel a lack of motivation. Because I want to start from there. I know we're going to go back into discipline, but let's start with the idea of people feeling that lack of motivation. Can I ask you where you played basketball in college? I didn't notice. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I played Division three basketball up in uh, Hamilton College in upstate New York. 
Okay. I think I've heard where, what town is Hamilton? In? Is it Hamilton, it's New in, York? It's in Clinton. Colgate is actually in Hamilton, but a lot yes. of people get that. Yes. Okay. I have a friend who actually lives in Hamilton, believe it or not. So, okay. Yeah. So that kind of, okay. All right, cool. So I was D3 as well. So, okay. all right. So to answer your question, what was your question again? <laughs> <You're good. laughs> what are the underlying reasons why people lack a, and feel a lack of motivation? What are the underlying reasons for it? Okay. Number one reason people lack motivation is because motivation is actually not what you need when we're talking about performing at the professional level. So when someone's lacking motivation and that's their, let's say that's their reason for not doing a thing or not completing a task or not getting started on something, well, it makes sense when you don't have motivation because motivation is something that comes and goes. So what I tell professionals all the time, Jenny, is that uh, motivation is for eighth graders or motivation is for middle schoolers. All right. What a professional needs is discipline. And that's the that's what makes you show up every day, even when you don't feel like showing up, because if you don't feel like it, that means you don't have that motivation. But you can't just not do your job when you don't feel like it when you're a professional, because as a professional, by definition, that means you're doing something that's your main paid occupation. And the only way you're going to continually get paid is if you continue to show up and do your job. Like if you have a job and you have a boss and you don't feel like coming to work one day, you can't just not come. Uh, you won't have a job the next day. And if you are an entrepreneur and you have clients and customers who have given you money and they're expecting something and you don't feel like doing it that day, you can't just not do it. They're going to ask for their money back. So you need something that is stronger than motivation. So just the fact that for many professionals, Jenny, they go looking for motivation or they believe maybe they won't be able to do something because they don't have motivation. It's actually what I call an inaccurate formula. Uh, you're op operating off a formula that simply doesn't work. So even if you get the answer right, you're still in the wrong place. Okay. So let's define discipline because I know that we keep coming back to that. And to me, it means something in sports, but it also means something a little bit different when it comes to working my business. What right. does, how would you define discipline? Well, the, the work on your game definition of discipline is showing up every single day to do the job, to do the work, whatever it happens to be. And the thing about discipline is most people understand that uh, conceptually. And most people, if you ask them, is there any area of your life in which you want to be more disciplined? Almost everybody says yes. Most people have more than one. And the challenge is a lot of people try to force feed discipline upon themselves, Jenny. And this is another inaccurate formula. It's a that doesn't work. You try to force yourself to be disciplined because most people, again, want discipline. So they say, OK, I just got to be more disciplined. I got to be more consistent. I got to maybe find the motivation to be disciplined. But again, you're asking the wrong question. Where discipline comes from is structure. When you have a structure in place, then discipline is an automatic, natural byproduct of structure. Same way that you know, uh, water on the ground is a natural byproduct of a rain shower. Right? It just naturally happens. So the structure is what you got to put in place. So anyone who's played a team sport, for example, at the collegiate level or the pro level, there was a lot of structure that the coaches put in place. The coaches tell you, all right, here's how it works. Right, this is the time we have practice. All right, here's what you need to bring to practice. Here's what time you need to be on the court. All right, if we have a game, you need to come like this. Right, when we run the plays, you need to do this. If uh, I call you over to me, you need to run over here. Don't walk, run. They tell you what the structure is. So, um, if you have parents who were uh, really uh, more or less strict, they told you what the structure was. All right, here's when you need to do your chores. Here's how much time you spend doing your homework. All right, if you don't do your homework or you don't get good grades, here's the penalty. They tell you the structure of how it's going to work. Anyone who's been in the military, structure. Anyone who has, uh, you've been around a boss who was very demanding. There was a structure that they put in place. So any of you had a personal trainer who was any good, structure. So everywhere in life where people are disciplined, it's usually because there is a solid structure somewhere in place. Uh, the biggest challenge I find with entrepreneurs is because you're the boss 
you don't put structure on top of yourself. So this is where the, the structure kind of doesn't exist. And this is where the discipline starts to fall apart. Okay. And when we're looking at structure, could we also use the word routine to kind of take the place of structure as well for those that may not be able to apply the idea of like sports? Because I think for us, sports comes really easily, right? Like you said, there was a structure to practice. There was expectations. Mm -hmm. Would it also be that routine that they could potentially be putting into place as well? Yeah. So routine is, is just a form of a structure. It's just a, is verbiage wise is yes. pretty much the same thing. It's just a form of a structure. All right. What would be a perfect day or what actually not a perfect day. Let's try this. How about what would you recommend for an entrepreneur that is working for themselves at mm -hmm. home? What sort of structure do they need to put into place that, that could also be looked at as potentially a routine? They need to go think about the last job that they had before they became an entrepreneur, if there is one. And most entrepreneurs have had at least one job before in their lives, whether even if they were working in the family business. What was the structure for what you had to do then? I worked at McDonald's when I was a senior in high school. McDonald's is extremely structured. It's the reason why they're the biggest restaurant in the world, because they are extremely structured. They have such a tight system that anybody can work there and burger is going to taste the same. So the structure is, okay, when a burger, somebody orders a burger, there's a structure to get the burger made. Uh, there's a structure for how you need to wear your uniform. There's a structure for what time to come to work, what time you leave, how to clock in, how to clock out. There's a structure for every single thing in there such that, again, you don't need any skill to operate the business, uh, except maybe except for the manager, but everybody else is just following the structure. They're following the system. So it's the same thing for an entrepreneur. You need to look at your day and the things that you need to get done and what you can do is reverse engineer. All right, I need to get this done. I need to get 500 words written every day. Okay. How much time does 500 words take me? It takes me an hour. Okay. Let's look at my calendar. I need to find an hour on this calendar to do these 500 words. And then it goes on the calendar. Same way when you're at work, you have a boss who says, okay, I need these things done. And this, these things need to get done every day. I need this one done by Friday. I need this on my desk by the end of the day today. You got to figure out how to get that done. And usually they'll offer you some type of structure that helps you understand how to get it done. It may be very demanding, but it's not impossible. So you have to put that structure together the same way that, again, when you're working underneath someone else and someone has uh, authority over you, they give you a structure and tell you what you need to get done. You need to hold yourself to those same standards. Uh, the biggest challenge, again, for many entrepreneurs is that they're terrible bosses. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be the boss. Uh, Malcolm X said in his autobiography, every organization must have a boss. Even if you're one person by yourself, you have to be the boss of yourself. So you have to hold yourself to that same standard that a boss would hold you to. Is there a way that you prioritize those tasks? that you have to get done as an entrepreneur to put mm -hmm. into that system, into the routine that you're doing daily. Absolutely. I think that, that's where people struggle a lot of times. They don't know what to prioritize. There's so many things that they have to get done. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's, that one's actually a, a pretty easy one for most entrepreneurs. Just look at all the things you need to get done. You can just lay them out on the table and ask yourself, which one has the highest impact on my business. And usually for entrepreneurs, that's usually something related to making money, right? So which one of these is the most important for my business? Okay. It's, I need to do this, this marketing plan that's going to bring me some leads so I can sell some, sell my stuff. So that's the number one thing. And usually there's another thing that can help a little hack, I guess, that can help entrepreneurs. Usually the thing that has the biggest impact is the one that's probably the hardest one to do. It's probably the most, um, the one that you may be least looking forward to doing is probably going to take the most time and the most brain power from you. And what happens with entrepreneurs is that we tend to, when left to our own devices and not focused on the structure and the discipline, we tend to do a whole bunch of the little things, the little knickknack things that make us feel 
productive, but we're not being effective. And there's a difference between the two. Productive means you have just produced something. You can just check off boxes on your to-do list. You're being productive, but are you being effective? Effective means you're doing you're doing things, but you're doing something that actually influences the bottom line of you know, whatever organization you're working for. And if you're an entrepreneur, that means that your organization, the most effective thing is usually only a few things, maybe one, two at the most three, but productive, you can have a whole 60 item to-do list that, again, makes you feel tired at the end of the day. But did you actually move yourself forward? Often the answer is no. So this is another discipline as well. What are the most important things that need to get done? Uh, uh, Tim Ferriss called it the big domino. Uh, what's the number one? No, no, it was Russell Brunson actually called it. What's the number one thing that I need to get done today that will render all this other stuff really irrelevant if I just got this done? So if you got 10 more customers today, that will probably render all those little things you need to get done irrelevant. So what are the priorities? What, when you were starting as an entrepreneur, what was the big domino for you? What was it that you, you felt like that was the thing you had to get done? Well, when I started as an entrepreneur, the first thing I was selling was a $4.99 training program as a basketball players. So uh, the number one thing I needed to get done was figure out a way to, because I was still playing ball at this time. I was trying to figure out a way that I could generate money through basketball under, but under my own control without needing to be, needing to be signed to a contract to play pro ball. So the first thing was, how can I get someone to give me money for these things that I've created? And that's exactly what I did. So I wasn't even, I didn't actually have this problem because I didn't, I didn't know as much as I did. And sometimes ignorance helps. And I think too, like wouldn't your marketing plan be part of your YouTube consistency that you had was how you were able to put your name out there? Were you selling directly from YouTube or how did you kind of create your funnel? Yeah. So I was selling directly from YouTube before YouTube changed their algorithm to kind of combat people like me. So they they didn't like that we were doing that. So <laughs> I was putting content on YouTube for five years before I ever offered anything for sale. I had nothing for sale. I was putting free content out and building up my the no like trust relationship with my audience. And when I started selling things, people started buying immediately because I had already I'd already dug the well before I was thirsty, so to speak. So that's how I started selling. And yes, I just made a video on YouTube and say, hey, I got this new product. It's called XYZ. Go to this website, go buy it. And people just started buying it. And that's what I used as my that was my lead source. I would just put new drill videos on YouTube and I would say, if you like this, go get more over at whopanbook.com. That was the website. And people just did that. And that worked for about about four years till YouTube changed their algorithm because they said we can't have this happening. <laughs> we don't want them going off of the YouTube space, yeah, exactly. the channel. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I would say like for my listeners that are kind of like really trying to figure out what how to prioritize, what is going to move them forward. It's that content creation to be found. We think of it as content creators, but it's really part of our marketing plan and figuring sure. out what that product is going to be. Because I think a lot of times as my blogging audience, they like to think about, okay, page views, ad money. That's how I'm going to control the income. But as we have mm -hmm. seen, that can easily go up or down based upon algorithms, based on changes with Google, based mm -hmm. on how things are being impacted with Apple. It can make an impact on that. So when we're looking right. at this, starting to try to think about like what is something that you own for your own space. I love that you talked about, Dre, the fact that you knew you had to come up with your own product so it wasn't tied to a contract. It's the same idea for our creators. They need to have their own product or service that's not tied to page views that's going to come from another ad network or sponsorship or affiliate marketing. It's them selling it. I just think the way that you have gone about making sure that your content creation through your 
YouTube channel was the forefront of starting to drive that funnel for you and really create the revenue that we have to tie to being able to drive our businesses forward. Right. And can I add something to that? No, Please. when it comes to the when it comes to the marketing part, Jenny, I mean, people need to understand what marketing is. And if a lot of people get it confused. Marketing is just the relationship that you have with your audience. And it's uh, finding the people who you want to serve and who want to be served by you and building that relationship, nurturing that relationship and continuing the relationship. So marketing is not just to people who don't know you and never heard of you before. You still need to market to the people who are giving you money six months ago because there's no guarantee they're going to give you money again. Uh, you have to keep marketing to people even once they're in your world. So the marketing is a never ending thing. And I tell people in my audience, Jenny, marketing is not something that you do. It's an ongoing, always happening thing in your business. Every email you send is marketing. Somebody, some customer sends you a customer service complaint. Whatever happens in there is marketing. All right. Somebody sends you a text message. That's marketing. Someone's following you on social media is marketing. Every single thing you put out that people can consume who could one day possibly decide to give you money or decide not to, that's all part of the marketing. So it's all, everything that happens in a relationship is part of the marketing. Yes. Cause it's building that relationship in order to, like you said, the like no trust factor in order for them right. to buy something from you and continue to create that relationship and buy other things from you as well. So right. what would you say is one thing that we can do today to gain momentum to move forward on our discipline and creating structure in our day? Great question. One thing you can do to start creating structure in the day, pull out your calendar and fill it up with everything that needs to get done. <laughs> that's, that's what I, uh, I tell entrepreneurs that say everyone has access to a simple structure tool. It's called calendar. And a lot of people don't use it. Uh, just put everything that needs to be done on the calendar. And when you start putting them into time slots, you may realize something, which is you have more things on your to-do list than you actually have time. So that's when you start prioritizing what do you actually need to do? What do you really need to do? What really matters versus what doesn't matter? And if you notice something keeps getting pushed back day after day after day on your list or on your schedule, then it may not be that important because it's been three weeks you haven't gotten it done and the world hasn't fallen. So maybe you don't need to do it at all. Yes. Yep. And are you a paper calendar or are you a virtual calendar? I don't think my fingers even work to write anymore. Everything is... <laughs> I type on my phone, I type on the keyboard. So no paper. Okay. Yeah. See, and I'm old school and I still have to have my paper calendar. I have a virtual <laughs> one, but if I'm writing tasks and prioritizing, yeah. I have to have it in a paper calendar where I can make sure I know exactly where I'm going to move things around. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I think my writing skills have atrophied over the last <laughs> decade and a half. <laughs> Too funny. All right. So tell me about your newest book, The Third Day. Yeah. So third day came about in almost about 10 years ago. Uh, this was, I'm still putting basketball videos out. So even when I started the mindset stuff, I was doing both for about the second half of my career from about 2010 to 2015. And around 2014, uh, basketball players who were watching me. I always did all my videos in the same gym, was not far from where I am right now. And the players would say they noticed that the gym I was in was always empty because you know someone's in an empty gym because you don't hear the other basketballs bouncing. It was only my basketball. And it was a nice gym pristine, clean gym. And they would say, Dre, how do you always have the gym to yourself? So anybody who doesn't know the basketball world understand that when there's a basketball gym, usually people flock to it because everybody wants to have the chance to practice or play or whatever. But I'm in this gym by myself and there's nobody else in there. They're like, Dre, how are you in this beautiful gym? Nobody else in there. Do you own a gym? Is it attached to your house? Like, do you rent it out? So that do you reserve it so nobody else can use it? And the answer was none of those. And the answer was what became this concept of the third day. 
And I explained to the people by saying, because the gym I was going to is, is a city owned facility. So this is not you know, $150 a month Equinox. The gym is like $10 a month. So anybody could get into this gym. This is people didn't come. Everyone knows where it is. And the thing is, the first day you open a facility like that and people say they want to play ball, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be packed the first day. Everyone will be there. Just like, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but let's say the first month of the year in a, in a gym gym, like a workout gym is filled up. You can't even get on the machine because you got all these people in there. Who are these people? I've never seen these people before, but everybody's in the gym January through about Valentine's Day. Right. Then by the time you get around to St. Patrick's Day, there's a uh, fewer people there. And then by the time you get about to Easter, it's the same people from last year. All right. Same people who were there in December. And that's the third day. And what the third day is all about is everyone's excited at the beginning and, and showing off and you know, putting on their putting their representative out there, their best face forward. Second day, a little bit less. And the third day is when you realize that this thing that you signed up for, whether it be a business, whether it be playing a sport, whether it be uh, a relationship, whether it be writing a book, you realize that, oh, this is going to be some work. Uh, there's some effort that goes into this. This is not going to be one big party. It is not all funny games. It's not as easy as it looked in the brochure. I actually have to do something to make this work. And that's when you, in the third day is not just the occurrence because this occurs to everyone. The third day is a decision. What decision do you make when you realize this? Because everyone will come to this realization. What decision do you make? Are you going to keep showing up and delivering even when you don't feel like it, which is what separates the pros from the amateurs? Or are you going to stop showing up and continue to be an amateur? And it's a decision that everyone gets to make. So that's what the book is all about. How do you put the structures and the systems and the processes in place in order to show up even when you don't feel like showing up? So good. So we are going to link to that over in the blog post. You also can sure. always send me a DM on Instagram. I'm sure you can hit up Dre on Instagram or Dre, what actually is the best platform for them to reach out to you? If they have a question yeah. or they want to grab the book, what would be the best one? Instagram is fine. Just my name at Dre Baldwin, all one word Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Dre, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my audience. I truly appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you sharing your platform. All right. Well, there you have it. If you haven't already jumped over and taken a look at Dre's book, The Third Day, you're definitely going to want to grab that. All you have to do is cover the shipping and the book will get sent to you for free. You just have to pay for the shipping portion of it. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to listen in. As always, if you haven't already left a rating or review, I would so appreciate it if you took the time to do so. All right. Until next time, I will see you all then. Oh,